Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, lovely to be with you tonight. Thank you to the pastor for the warm words of welcome and just the privilege of being here. Thanks to Peter as well for his ministry and songs. Isn't it great to be saved? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be saved and I'm glad I have a story to tell. Let's turn to the Word of God. 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, please, if you've got a Bible with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're reading at verse number 14. You ask the Lord to speak to your heart tonight. Not really going to hear a sermon. You're just going to hear me open my heart to tell you what the Lord has done in my life. If you want to hear sermons, you can come to some of the missions. Uh, but we just want to share what the Lord has done for us. Look at verse 14. Paul here writes to the church at Corinth. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Lord, just take away all distractions now as we come around your word, as we share a word of testimony and just bring in the gospel message. We just thank you already. We're very conscious of your presence. We thank you for Peter and for these lovely hymns that he has brought to us tonight. And we pray your continued blessing upon him as he travels the country in different places. Thank you for the pastor here. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for this fellowship. And we thank you, Lord, it's a rescue shop within a yard of hell. We pray tonight that you would save souls, restore the backslider, and revive your people. Fill me with your spirit, I pray. In your lovely name I ask it. Amen. Folks, it's verse 17 I just want to leave with you tonight as I share a personal word of testimony. I'm sure many of you know the text well. You learned it as a small child or in Sunday school. Look at the verse. Paul writes, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. You see, when a man accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he gets a new life. He gets a new longing. Everything is completely new. When a man gets saved, he, he gets a new father, he gets a new family, he also gets new friends. When a man is genuinely converted, he has a love for God, love for the Bible, a love for the prayer meetings, and even a love for his enemies. You see, his temper, his tongue, his temptations are changed. He's a new creature. The old life is gone. And it's what the Bible calls being born again. And I can honestly say tonight that being born again of the Spirit of God is the greatest thing in the world. 
And I trust that every man, every woman, every young person here, that you know what it is tonight to be born again of God's Spirit. I would say everybody in this church and anyone listening online, everybody wants to be in the kingdom of God. But what's the requirement? Jesus told that religious man, Nicodemus in John 3, that you must be born again. Or as the Greek New Testament puts it, you must be born from above. You must have a a spiritual birth. And I trust tonight that if you are a Christian, that you'll just really be encouraged what the Lord has done in my life and my family. And if you're not a Christian yet, maybe this will be your night when you fall in love with my Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. I uh, grew up in the Donegal Road area of Belfast and I still live in that area. Um, From a young age, my life was very much dominated by football. As you can imagine, growing up beside Windsor Park. And I had the privilege as a young lad of joining St Andrews Boys Club who were based on the Shangle Road. And if you played for St Andrews Boys Club, you had a good chance to get scouted to go to different clubs in England and Scotland. And that's what happened to me. And at 16, I was just about to sign for Chelsea. Chelsea back then had a great player called Gianfranco Zola. I don't know if any of you remember him or not, but he was small like myself. He was an Italian. He was a brilliant player. And he was very much my boyhood idol. So at 16, to get this opportunity to sign for Chelsea was a dream come true. And folks, just as I was about to sign the contract for Chelsea, a disaster struck and I hurt my knee. And I had to come home from London And it was absolutely godded, as as you can imagine. But I recovered from that particular injury. And I went on then to join Linfield. Everything was going well again. I was the captain of the Northern Ireland Youth International team. Playing up at the Milk Cup, European Championships. Everything was going well. And David Jeffrey was the manager at the time. And he says, John, and I want you to break into the Linfield first team squad. And just as I was about to break into the first team panel, disaster struck again. And and I hurt my knee in a bad way at 19 years of age. And I had to stop playing football completely. So you can imagine how I felt at this time. My friends were starting to make lots of money in England and Scotland. And here was me at 19, unable to do the thing that I dreamed about and the thing that I loved. But you know, folks, looking back now, I can see that God had a completely different plan for my life. And I want to tell you tonight that God has a plan for your life, but it's only when you fall in love with Jesus Christ do you realise why you were born. And what did God tell the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 1 and verse 5? He says, Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you know even as a Christian tonight why the Lord has saved you? In these last days of time, let's fulfill the will of God in our lives. And maybe even you're here tonight and you're saved and you're saying, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Ask the Lord. Lord, why have you saved me? What do you want me to do? Because, folks, he's here. He's here. And even ask him tonight. And you see, at this time, I was chasing after the things of the world and never thought about my soul. And maybe even that someone in our gathering. As I travel the province now doing so many missions, I meet individuals and they're selling their soul for the drink. Selling their soul for drugs, for the immoral living, for the partying scene. Even what their friends and even what their family will think of them. No wonder the Bible reminds us there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Can I say tonight it takes a real man to be a Christian? 
And it takes a real woman to be a Christian and a real young person to be a Christian to stand up in your workplace, your school, your college and your university and tell people that you love Jesus Christ. Never be ashamed of him. Never be ashamed of him. I was just thinking recently, you know, isn't hell going to be full of people that knew the gospel, especially from Northern Ireland? Churches everywhere, mission halls everywhere, the best of gospel preachers have come from this wee country of ours. Hell is going to be full of people that knew the gospel, that sat in meetings just like this, that attended missions, that had godly mothers and godly fathers but were never saved. Don't let that be you tonight. Maybe somebody is praying for your soul. Maybe your wife's praying for you. Your husband's praying for you. Or a son or a daughter. Maybe a work colleague or a neighbor has even invited you to come here tonight. They care for your soul. They don't want you to perish. Because Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot come. And at 19 years of age, my life had a real low point. Things were going on within my family. And I remember getting onto my knees in my bedroom and crying out to God to help me from the bottom of my heart. And folks, sadly, growing up, I had no Christian influence whatsoever. My parents, some of you know them, they're good people. But we were never sent to Sunday school. There was no Bible in our home. My parents didn't attend any church. There was no Christian influence really in our lives. There was no Christians in, really in my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family. But yet deep down in my heart, I still believed that there had to be a God. Creation speaks of a creator, doesn't it? The stars, the sun, the moon, the birds, the trees, we're not here by accident. And my life had a real crisis at this time, and I simply got onto my knees in my bedroom, and I cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, will you help me in my life and will you help my family? You ever been there? Maybe that's you even in the gathering tonight. You're at rock bottom in your life. And Ian Bounds is a great author in prayer. And he said there's prayers, but then there's desperate prayers. There's times we pray in our lives, but then there's those other times the tears are coming down our cheeks and we're, we're really desperate for the Lord to touch us and to hear us. And that was me. And again in Jeremiah 29, 13, God tells the prophet, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And maybe there's someone even in our gathering tonight and that's you right now. You need your life changed. You need your sins forgiven. You really want to be saved. You want your life changed. That was me in that bedroom. And you know, folks, I remember a presence coming upon me in that room and, and I knew that everything was going to be okay in my life. And isn't it amazing the way the Lord plans things? At that particular time, my mum was working with a lovely Christian lady in the Belfast City Hospital called Peggy Reardon. And you know what Peggy said to my mother? She says, June, I'm praying for your family. What a lesson for those of us tonight that are Christians. Keep planting seeds. In your workplace, those neighbours that you live beside, plant the seed even this week and tell somebody that you're praying for them. Because that's what Peggy did. And I remember my mum coming home and she said to me one day, she says, there's a lady in our work and, and she's praying for us. You see, my mother's Mother had just died, my grandmother and my aunt, my mum's sister. Two deaths had our family in a year. And my mum was getting into the workplace every day heartbroken at losing her mother and her losing her sister. And Peggy saw my mum in, in that staff room in tears. And Peggy got alongside her. And she helped her. And she cared for her. And she prayed for her. 
And all through that wee lady, God began to work in our family. And those of us that are Christians tonight, can't we point to a Peggy Reardon? Somebody that cared for us and prayed for us and encouraged us. And that's what that lady began to do, began to pray for our family. And you see, that same night I cried out to the Lord in my bedroom, I knew I had to go to Peggy's church. I remember getting directions off the internet and walking in and hearing the message of the gospel for the very first time. And that night I just heard a simple sermon all about the cross. The preacher read from Isaiah 53 those great verses that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes we are healed, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every Monday his own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And folks, that night as I heard the old-fashioned message of the gospel for the first time, my heart was touched. And do you know what I experienced? Have you ever experienced it? Conviction of sin. And I thought that night that the preacher was just talking about me. And I knew I couldn't leave that meeting until I get right with the Lord. And yet isn't it amazing, even as I take missions now, and there's preachers here tonight, isn't it amazing that there's people that we all know, and they've heard the gospel for years, and they're still not saved. And yet I think back just walking in, not knowing anything about the Bible, not knowing one Bible verse and just hearing it for the very first time, and my heart was touched. I feel led to say this, could there maybe be somebody in our gathering tonight and that's you? You come here week after week after week, you've sat here year after year, sermon after sermon, and you're still not saved. I wonder what it's going to take. The Lord says, my spirit not always strive with man. And I remember that night I knew I couldn't leave that church. And I stayed behind and I spoke to one of the pastors and I, I got on my knees in simple childlike faith and asked the Lord Jesus to save me. And to come into my heart and come into my life and to forgive me of all of my sins. And I took God at his word in Romans ten thirteen that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I got up off my knees that night knowing I was saved. I remember there was a great hymn sang at that meeting too. The lovely hymns were sung tonight. This one touched my heart. You know it well. I'm sure you sing it here in the fellowship. Lovely hymn written by Philip Bliss. What age was Philip Bliss when he died? 38 years of age. In a train crash. Going to sing for D.L. Moody. But yet he penned these lovely words. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a saviour. That was me a ruined sinner. And then he penned, bearing shame and scoffing rude. In my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. And that night I accepted the Lord as my saviour. And sadly, as I said, I didn't have any Christian friends or any Christian family. But you know what the Lord did do? He brought good people across my path to encourage me. Especially old men and old women that saw a young lad coming to church on his own not having any fellowship, but they saw me and they encouraged me. And many of them are in heaven tonight. Hands up all the old people here. <laughs> Hands up all the young people. <laughs> but you know, listen, all the old folks tonight get alongside the young people and encourage them. Because I thank God for every remembrance of all those old saints that encouraged me. And as I've said, many of them are in heaven tonight, but you know, I thank God for every remembrance of them.
And I remember then after getting saved and going to the Faith Mission bookshop there in Queen Street. And I walked in and I said to the manager of the bookshop, I was saved last night, I've become a Christian, but I don't have a Bible. Could you recommend a Bible? And he, he, he recommended this new believer's Bible. And I, oh boy, couldn't wait to start reading it. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And couldn't wait to get to the prayer meetings. Couldn't wait to get to the Bible studies. Couldn't wait to get to the Sunday services. Couldn't wait to tell everybody about this man that had changed my life. Do you remember those days? What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Are you at the prayer meeting here in the fellowship? Are you sitting at home watching the TV? Are you too busy for the prayer meeting? If you're too busy, you're too busy. But it's so important if we're fitting well that we're at the prayer meeting. You shouldn't need anybody to tell you to get to the prayer meeting. When you get saved and you're born of the Spirit, you want to be at the prayer meeting. You want to be at the Lord's table. You want to be out on a Sunday night supporting the preaching of the gospel. You don't want to be sitting at home. What's there to do at home? You want to be with the people of God if you have the health and strength to be here. A lot of old saints would love to be at the prayer meetings. Love to be out on a Sunday. They can't. You go to visit them in nursing homes and their bodies failing. Oh, but if we have a measure of health and strength, let's be at the prayer meetings. Let's be out as much as we can on the Lord's day. And I started then getting a real burden to pray for my family. And my mum just out of the blue then, one Sunday morning, she says, I'm going to come to church with you. And, as I've said, the death of her mother, the death of her sister, started to really speak to her. My mum went to Sunday school, so the seed was there. Just to encourage you that work with children. It's lovely to see children here tonight. Keep praying for the wee ones. My mum's from a wee place in Belfast called Sandy Row. Anybody heard of Sandy Row? I'll give you a tour of the Sandy Row if you want to come up sometime. And my mum went to Sunday school and, and beside Reed's shoe shop there was a free Presbyterian Sunday school and that's where my mum attended. But then when she got into her teenage years she drifted sadly. But those deaths, you see, as she saw the coffins going down into the ground she started to think if that was me where would I be? Didn't Spurgeon say that six feet of dirt makes all men equal? And my mum saw those coffins going down into the ground. Do you ever think that when you attend a funeral? One day it will be you and me if Jesus tarries. And my mum knew she wasn't ready to meet the Lord. And say she came to church and around with me and around maybe 14 years ago or so, she got gloriously saved. The desire for cigarettes left. The desire for alcohol left. All within days. And it's just tremendous to see the change even in her life. And then we started praying for my dad. And my dad really was just a man of the world. He had no real interest in the gospel. He worked hard for his family, Monday to Friday, but his life would have been very much out on a Friday night drinking, Saturday night drinking, hungover on a Sunday. That was really his life. He, he had no interest in spiritual things. But he saw the change in my life. He saw the change in my mom. And then he started to ask questions. And you know, I used to leave little gospel tracts about the kitchen. You know the way you do to try and reach your loved ones, hoping that he would lift one and read it. And my dad read a little gospel leaflet about the Lord's return. Do you believe the Lord's coming soon? I believe it with all of my heart. Look at what's going on again in the Middle East and all that we've been through these past few years. Folks, surely is coming soon. And you see, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit tonight and the Spirit of God flows with, within you, it's like deep call us on to deep. 
Like the wee blind boy flying the kite. He says, I can't see it, but I can feel the tug. And we can feel the tug. Surely he's coming soon. Were we a bit like Anna and Simeon? They knew he was coming the first time. They knew he was coming. And I believe he's coming soon. We've got to be faithful. Jesus says, the night cometh when no man can work. But my dad read this track all about the Lord's return. And he couldn't settle for three days, three nights. World War III going on within his heart. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't do anything. Again, conviction of sin. And he, he was driving the car down the Raven Hill Road, just up from the Martyrs Memorial Church. There's Cherryville Plain Fields. And he pulled the car into Cherryville Plain Fields. And do you know what he cried? Not a big, long theological prayer. He says, God, will you be merciful to me, a sinner, and save my soul. And there and then in Cherryville Plain Fields, he was gloriously saved. And to see the change in his life is tremendous. If he was here tonight and we were singing those hymns and I'd maybe be standing here and I'd be looking down, the tears would be coming down his cheeks because his heart has been touched. Isn't it amazing what the Lord can do? And then we started praying for my sister and she was going through a tough time in her life. And around maybe 12, 13 years ago now, Michelle got gloriously saved. And it's just tremendous to see her uh, serving the Lord down in the, in the Free Presbyterian Church down there and, 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 and her children have trusted the Lord and, and we give the Lord all the glory for all that he has done in her life and we just thank the Lord for a whole family changed and my two aunts got saved there at a gospel mission I had a few years ago in Finnegan and it's just amazing isn't it what the Lord can do I trust that you're encouraged tonight if you're a Christian to keep praying for your family. Maybe you have a son tonight and you, he was brought up in the ways of the Lord and he's, he's in the far country like the prodigal son. Keep praying for him. Maybe you have a daughter tonight and you're praying for her. Never give up. If you husband or wife, keep praying for them. Don't give up on them. And listen, don't be preaching at them all the time. Just live your life right before them. Sometimes you can do more damage, can't you? Just preaching all the time and they get fed up. But just keep praying for them. The Lord has a thousand ways to answer every prayer. And after I became a Christian, the Lord gave me a real passion to be a soul winner. Jesus says in Matthew 14, Matthew 4, 19, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And myself and a few friends, we used to go to Dublin quite a lot to share the gospel. And you, down there you met people from all over the world. And that was very much my Bible school, Bible training on the streets of Dublin. Meeting people from all over the world. You had to know the scriptures, church history, um, doctrine. It was, a, it was a great time on the streets of Dublin. And I used to meet a lot of men in Dublin who had been in Mountjoy Prison. Anybody heard of Mountjoy Prison tonight? Anybody been in Mountjoy Prison? <laughs> But I used to meet a lot of boys from Mount Joy Prison, rough boys and all the size of me looking at some of these fellas. But you know, when you shared with them the love of Jesus, many of them were broken because they had a past. But Christ came into the world to save sinners. And that was a great experience down the streets of Dublin. And then the Lord started opening up doors for me to go and take meetings and missions, different places. And then 10 years ago, I gave up my job. I was working in a school in Newton Abbey and there was a lady down in the hospital wanted to see me but I couldn't just get up and leave out of the school. I was able to get a pastor friend to go and visit that lady in the hospital and I said Lord that will not happen again. 
if there's somebody down in the hospital, I will be there to reach them for you. And I just simply prayed, Lord, will you use me to reach this land with the gospel to win souls? For all you have done for me and my family, I will go anywhere. And that's what I've done the last 10 years. Just live by faith, travel the country. With one objective is to win souls for Jesus. That's all I think about soul winning. How could I not? After my life changed, and then my mom and my dad and my sister and my two aunts, the whole family transformed. And you see, when you see people saved, and you lead one soul to Jesus, or you want more, and you want more, and you want more. And I could tell you many stories just living by faith the last ten years, how the Lord has met my need. And could there be a young man in here tonight, and the call of God is on your life? You're saved, but you know that there's more for you. Could there be a young woman here tonight, and you're saved? But you know that the Lord is more for you? Or an older man or an older woman? Would you not even say, Lord, here's my life tonight, it's yours. I'm willing, Lord, to serve you in whatever way you want. Even tonight, say, Lord, I'm available if you want me. I had the privilege last year of getting to know Dr. Bill Woods. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the life and ministry of Bill Woods. And we were up at Limavati Baptist Church doing the mission. He came to the big tent mission I had at Dramara. And he texts me out of the blue. And he says, John, if you ever want me to come and give my testimony, I will come at any of your missions. I says, Bill, absolutely, you're on. And that man came up to Limavati one Friday night of the mission there a few months ago. And he shared his story. An ordinary young man from East Belfast that was willing to be used of the Lord. Folks, listen, as I come to a close, very soon, we're all going to stand before the Lord. And do you ever think of that first conversation you're going to have with him? Let's have no regrets. When we look at his lovely face for the very first time, let's have no regrets. And I trust that the Lord would say to you, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter thy into the joy of the Lord. And he wouldn't say to anybody here tonight, Depart from me. I never knew you. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're saved. And make sure you know that you're saved. And don't end up at the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20 verse 15, the Bible says, If your name's not written in the book of life, you're cast into the lake of fire. What an awful place that will be if you end up there. Join us in heaven. It's going to be wonderful to see the Savior. No more sickness. No more pain. No more cancer. No more dementia. And the Lamb will be all the glory in Emmanuel's land. So often I get calls to see people and they're down in the hospital. They don't know where they're going. The Bible says, prepare to meet thy God. I'm sure there's one or two Manchester United supporters in here tonight. And I was sent a video not that long ago of Alec Ferguson, the great manager of Manchester United. He's worth £80 million, I think. Knighted by the Queen. Has done it all in the world's eyes. But in this particular video, Alec Ferguson said that he was petrified of death. 
Imagine that. Petrified of death. And yet he has done it all in the world's eyes. Idolized at Old Trafford. And what I did, I sent him a letter. And I put one of my little booklets in that letter. And I told Alec Ferguson he might have done it all in the world's eyes. But to be in time. To be in time. And I trust that he got that letter and he has read that little booklet. And if anything ever happens to him, maybe he'll have put his faith and trust in the Saviour. And to think that he was brought up in the boys' brigade. And yet there's a man that's petrified of death. And his wife died just a few months ago. The best funeral I ever took. Do you know how many was at it? Just five people. Five people. Of a wee lady from Crumlin County Antrim. An old school principal. She served the Lord in the background. She was a nobody in the world's eyes. But she was a giant in my eyes. And she supported missionaries. She supported people in, uh, all over the world. Single mothers. You name it. She did it. And I used to say, Elizabeth, if I'm anywhere near you around the throne, I'll be so pleased. A wee lady that did what she could. A wee lady that was saved when she was 16. And tonight she's in heaven. Thank you for listening. Take the text home with you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Paul writes, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If I can help you tonight, the pastor can help you. Don't leave this place. I know we'll get a cup of tea and we'll have a chat. There's a wee room here behind me. Ask us even for a little booklet. Talk to us. We'll come to your home after the meeting. I'm in no rush away. But make sure you know that you're saved. Make sure you know you're right with the Lord. Maybe you've drifted, you're backslidden, you're a prodigal son, you're a prodigal daughter. You're not where you should be. Say, Lord, from tonight I'm getting back to my first love. And if perhaps there's a Christian here and the call of God is on your life, come and talk to us. And we can read and pray with you. It's great to have the Lord in your life. And maybe 2024 will be the year he returns. Could be. Jesus says, watch and be ready. The Son of Man cometh in an hour that you think not. And to think that you could be taken and others could be left behind. Let's be ready for the Lord's return. And let's get enthused in these days for souls. William Boo said, if I could send my young men to hell for five minutes, they would come back a real soul winner. Let's get a passion for the lost. Keep us in prayer. We've 11 missions this year around the province. First one is in Ballymena, Castle Gore Mission Hall in February. Pray for us. We had a great year last year of souls saved. Did a few nights there up in Bally Duff Belfast City Mission. There was a lovely mother and son got saved. They stayed behind to talk to us. And they're rejoicing tonight. But we think of others that we know when they sit through meetings and they're never moved. And can I say this as I definitely finish? There's five past eight. Don't leave it to a deathbed to get saved. Leave behind a great testimony and a legacy. We thank God for deathbed repentances, but all oh, for a life lived. Like a wee lady I was called to see last year, got one of these wee books. And I went to see her in Mora. She was born into a good Christian home. 
But she just lived her life out in the world. Coming to the end of her life, she says, can I talk to you? I say, it's absolutely. And I went away down to Moore to see her. Went up to the bed, the bedroom, the house, full of pain, cancer. She said, is there any hope for the like of me? I said, dear, absolutely. And I went through my Bible, shared different verses with her, but I wasn't getting anywhere with her. And then I got to John 6, 37. Jesus says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And she just saw it. And she could save that day and she died two days later. A saved soul but a wasted life. Don't let that be you. Get saved tonight and leave behind a legacy and a testimony. So if you're buried from this church or another church, whoever takes your funeral, to be able to say, you see that man? You see that woman? They love the Lord and they serve the Lord with all of their heart. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I believe the Lord is here. I believe the Lord is speaking. And reach out and touch him while he goes by. Let's have a moment's quietness and a word of prayer. Just going to leave a wee moment's quietness for you to respond tonight to what you've heard. You need to be saved. Cry out to the Lord to save you. If you need to be restored, say, Lord, I'm coming home. And even as a Christian tonight, say, Lord, I'm available this week for you. Touch me and fill me with your spirit and use me in these last days. Lord, thank you for your presence with us tonight. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being here to share a simple word of testimony. Lord, I thank you for all you've done in my heart and in my family. Do say to God, be the glory, great things he has done. And we thank you, Lord, that there's many here tonight who have a word, can share a word of testimony. Lord, we know that salvation is of the Lord and it's a miracle. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to use us in these days. But for individuals here tonight that are not saved, individuals here tonight that have no assurance, maybe somebody that's backslidden, pray that they'll not leave the gathering tonight until they know for sure that they're ready for heaven and home. In your lovely name we ask it. Amen. Well, the closing hymn is Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. And as Peter was saying earlier, we do love the hymns of Fanny J. Crosby. And many of you will know, of course, that after she was six weeks old, she went blind, all because the doctor gave her the wrong medication. But she said, the first person I will ever see will be the Saviour in heaven. And yet, amazingly, she didn't just have the full assurance of her salvation until she was in her 30s. There's a wee lady called Mrs. Howley, taught her the scriptures. And as I was saying to the folks this morning in the meeting house where I was preaching, there's many of God's people stay in the background and maybe never noticed. Mrs. Howley would be one of those. We've all know Fanny Crosby, but not too many have heard of Mrs. Howley. The same with Edward Campbell. He led D.L. Moody to the Lord. Not many have heard of Edward Campbell. Everybody's heard of Moody. Some are called to be in the platform. Some are called to be in the background. But we all have to do what we can with the gifts and talents and abilities that we've been given. So let's serve the Lord in these days.